Well, Dad, Pastor Rob, however you want me to call you, this is the first episode of the new podcast with the network, Talking Church Podcast. I'm glad that you agreed to be our very first guest. I didn't have a choice. You told me I had to do it. That's true. That's true. And already you said, I'm not wearing the headphones. Yeah, I'm not wearing the headphones. You like to wear the headphones. I don't like to wear yeah, them. I, when you hear yourself, it makes you sound important. You sound like you're really a big thing, you know? You hear yourself talk every weekend, though, when you're watching the sermon back, if you're at a different campus yeah. so, and watching online. You're watching. Do you know that I used to hate listening to myself speak? Yeah. Like when back in the cassette days, like way, way, way back. Okay. And we How were, long ago was that? Uh, well, we started the church 25, 26 years ago. So we had cassette tapes and we had a duplicator after service if the sermon was really good man that duplicator would be going we'd be selling. but i would listen the next week and for the first couple of years i just turn it off and i'd be like i can't stand hearing myself speak i don't ever why do people want to listen to me preach i'm horrible i've got to get better did you I, have I a sermon it. once where you picked up your sermon and threw it across and said, this is I a did. horrible sermon? I did. I did. And we had a visiting like guest that was like a superintendent of a, a state district and he was there and I was preaching. I was just so empty. I had nothing left. I hated the sermon and I was just in a dry spot. I just remember I had done too much pastoral visitation, too many weddings, too many crisis things. And I was done and I was preaching and I folded up my message and I threw it across the room and I said, I'm done with this message. And everybody thought, this is an awesome illustration. And I was like, no, it ain't illustration. Like I'm literally like, I got nothing. You need to come up and pray for your pastor. I got nothing left to give, nothing. And they literally gathered around me at the front of the church and laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I said, I, I, I won't stretch myself this thin. I've got to learn how to delegate. And, and I don't want to ever be this empty when I preach. But I literally, I, I chucked it across. <laughs> there goes that folder and the papers are flying all over. How many years into the church was that? Um, not many, because we were in Falcon Ridge Middle School. Okay. So less than five years. I'm going to guess right around year three. Wow. Yeah. Have, has there ever been a time since then you've thought about doing that? No, but I, I get into the death spiral in a sermon sometimes, I call it, where you just, it, that joke didn't land, that point didn't come across. People are looking at you with blank stares that you have way more time left and you've running out of content and you're kind of in this mind death spiral and you're like, oh, we got to save this. We got to save this. Jesus, give me something. Come on. I need, uh, I need a new illustration. I got to get something. <gasps> Or we're just going to land the plane and call it a day and end this sermon early, you know, and I've had that, but I've never thrown it out, but I've, I've been in that moment and anybody that's preached knows that moment. Yes. Don't tell us the last one it was, but you've it's had been a while. Moment. Yeah. It's, been a while. It's, it's like people who like get up in the middle of service in the front row and they like stand up and, and you're like so distracted because they walk the whole way or we've had a couple. The other day there that, was a baby, baby, a toddler. toddler. <laughs> I'm preaching and it's Saturday night and I can't stop. Because it, it, that, that's getting delivered to everybody on video. And that baby walked, I saw him walk up the aisle. And I'm thinking, where's his parents? And I'm preaching at the same time. And then I'm like, he's this is like going a month across ago. the front. And I'm, and I'm still preaching. And I'm not saying anything about the baby, but I'm watching everybody. But I'm keeping, I'm still preaching. But I'm thinking, who's going to rescue the baby? And then I saw Pastor Kirk get up and, and then point, the kid points to, I'm seeing this while I'm preaching. And I couldn't stop. And then there was a really threatening dude that one time. He comes walking down the aisle really fast. And I thought, is he going to attack me? He yeah. looks like he could attack me. And I'm still preaching, but I'm yeah. thinking, he's going to, this could be a scene. This could be a scene. And then he sat down and I just thought, 
all that's going on. And then when people walk out when you're preaching, oh, yeah. you say something controversial, like, oh, oh, did I offend you? I think I offended them. I don't know them. They look new. Well, we just lost a visitor. You know, that, I mean, that's going on in your mind while you're preaching. You said before you have like multiple thoughts, like five thoughts while you're preaching at the same time, but you're, while you're yeah. communicating the words. Because I'll see somebody like, oh, they're so-and-so. I haven't seen them in a while. And I'm preaching. And then I'm like, oh, they don't look like they like it. And then, and then somebody's laughing and you're like, what were they laughing at? Did I say something really funny? did I miss a joke? Am I, am I the joke? You know, I mean, all these things are, and then you're like, and then the iMag over to the side, the other day we reinstalled the new iMag in the auditorium and I saw my shadow and I saw my, you know, a couple times I startled myself, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on and then you're hungry and you're thirsty. One time I had my zipper down I, and I, and I said, as we get started in this message, let's pray. And I had to have everybody shut their eyes so I could zip up. I literally did. I was like, Oh my goodness. So maybe, maybe we're not going to record too many episodes of this podcast. Who knows? You know, people are liking that. They're like, that's real. I, I, that's me too. I think they probably would rather just hear us talk for a while or you hear, hear you talk rather than talk too much leadership. You have leadership. All, we'll all do the leadership time. too, but these things are like, these are real. Israel. Yeah. It's very real. Um, speaking of you, you were talking yesterday or the day before you were talking about how, you know, as we're getting into fall, you feel like we've been on eco mode. Yeah. Talk, talk yeah. about that. Well, I was with a group of pastors and we were all saying, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing? And I love to connect the dots or like, I, I love how Jesus said, what should I liken this to? Like, how can I connect the dots for you? And that's why I, that's how I love to think and preach. That's how my mind is wired. And I was trying to tell him like what I feel like rather than saying, oh, I don't feel that great. We feel okay. You know, I said, well, I feel my life was sport mode before COVID. Like I had that car in sport mode and we were pushing the red line. And, and since COVID I've had to switch it over to eco mode and the engine is turning off at every stop sign and we're conserving energy. We're still getting to where we want to go, but it's not as fun. And it feels like, half the energy and we're not worried about running out of gas. We're, we're worried if we ever get to step on the gas again. I said, mm. that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the difference in sport mode versus eco mode is I feel like, I feel like it's even wider than that for our church. Like we're so used to like moving fast. We have a value or a staff leadership kind of culture. It's we move fast, but not frantic. Yeah. And I feel like, like this last year was like frantic and slow. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and we, there, there was, I got to do uh, the Porsche driving experience. Yeah. A church I spoke for paid for that for me. It was a huge gift. It was Griffin, the church of yeah. Griffin, man, what a gift. I loved it. And they had like launch mode on that Porsche and he goes, put it in launch mode and then step on the gas and hold your foot on the brake and it, the computer will override the transmission so it won't blow up. And when you let off the gas, it's going to launch you. I mean, that's how River Valley runs usually. Like we are in launch mode and we've gone from launch mode to eco. So as we look to get back into launch mode or moving out of eco into normal or whatever the, the right terminology yeah. is yeah. that we're moving into, what what are some things that I know you talked at conference about this. You've, you've talked, you know, in different leadership teachings that you've done, but as you're, as we're, the fall's getting started, you know, we're, we're getting, getting into the swing of things, you know, attendance, school's back, attendance is back, but it's, 
people are saying, oh, it's not back. Like it's, I'm right. down all these people from what fall was two years ago. And last year it kind of was a good excuse because it was, we're in the middle of the pandemic, but now it's like, you know, we're kind of realizing this is something we're gonna have to live with for a while. So when I said my pre-COVID attendance, that's 18 months ago. So it's kind of not yeah. really a term you can use. Like, well, pre-COVID it's like, well, we're 18 months. It was a couple from, years ago. You know, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's we're, we're trying to figure out how to get back to what's our new normal. And I don't know what it is. Um, we did that sermon, Charlie Mike, and I have to keep reminding myself, Charlie Mike, continue mission, continue mission. The military says that, Charlie Mike. And, and so I've been like, continue mission, it's different. It's, you have to be flexible, you have to adjust. Um, I'm looking at culture though. I'm trying to judge culture and people don't realize that. Like I'm taking the temperature of the culture around us to try to figure out sermon series and and what we're going to do for outreach and different things and it felt like we were getting into let's invite people back and then delta came and then the yeah. delta wave put major fear ah you know well now all of a sudden with the start of sports and everything the stadiums are starting to fill up mm -hmm. and people are like wait a minute we're not as afraid so i think we've moved from we're moving from, we're not all the way out of it, but we're moving from fear um, to, to like, what's going to fill me up now? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing the same things I used to do and I have an opportunity to do something new. And so we're going to move from fear to what will fill me up. And I think there's going to be huge opportunity to invite people yeah. into faith because it, do you want to go back to what you were doing pre-COVID? Were you happy? Were you fulfilled? Was that empty? Um, it, if you don't have faith in Christ, the answer to a lot of those things is, yeah, it wasn't fulfilling it. It left me empty. And what really do I want to live for? Um, I don't want to live in eco mode my whole life. Um, I actually want to live for something. And so I think people are going to be leaning into what's going to fill me up. And then for those of us that have faith, it's going to be, what's going to fill us up again? Let's go. Like, don't bring back the programs that you wanted to kill anyways. Let those die because of COVID and go into new things and get back on mission. So I'm looking forward to moving from fear to let's uh, get filled up and and move to the next thing. So what, what do you feel? I mean, obviously it's inviting our neighbor. It is moving to that next step. But when you think about like the things that maybe you're afraid of, I know for you, you'd say, hey, it's not the virus, it's not this, but what keeps you up? Like, what are you worried about? I know you're super frustrated that the juniors and seniors in high school didn't yeah. get to go on a mission trip in 2020 global team. Um, but like, what are, what are things now that you're saying that we need to, we need to tackle those. Cause you're, you know, you have the book, fix it. It's like, that's who you are, but it's like, yeah, I'm worried about what, it, like I would put it into uh, lost interest. Um, and then I'm worried about missed opportunities. I'm worried about, you know, like for instance, if you took your money out of the bank for a year and said, I'm taking it out of the bank and it earned 10% interest, if you'd have left it in, but you took it out, then you put it back in. What's the compound loss of sure. that? And so what happens taking a church out of like advanced mode for 18 mm. months? And, and so what's the compound loss on generation after generation to generation? So that's what I'm worried about. Like how much can you be operating in eco mode and how many laps are you down? You can't win this race anymore. You're too far behind. And then I'm I'm worried about like missed opportunities that we didn't grab a hold of because fear made us stay close to the vest. Like 
Should we have opened a couple campuses during COVID? Mm. I know it seems crazy to think that way, yeah. but looking back now, I'm like, should we have opened a couple campuses? Should we have tried something? Should we have looked for the brave people? You know what I mean? They yeah. were like, I need something to fill me because if I don't, I might end it. Yeah. You know, there were plenty of people out there that were, I'm desperate and you could have built an amazing church on people that were desperate to find hope mm-hmm. instead of just huddling with people that already found hope. So yeah. I was like, what did we miss? What will be missed? Um, yeah, that what? that bothers me. It keeps I, me up. I feel like we're starting to see that with even at the campuses, people who are showing up who are brand new. I met somebody oh, yeah. a couple weekends ago or last weekend, and he said, I said, how, how long have you been coming? And he said, this is my second week. Yeah. And he said, I live just nearby. I walked over and he's, I said, oh, like, what got you involved in the church? He said, I haven't been to church in at least 10 years. He said, I grew up Catholic. I stopped going with my parents. Yep. I moved downtown and I just felt like I needed something. And then he found our church and he said, I just walked by and I saw it and I knew I needed to come. And he was there, you know, his second week. And I just think there's a lot of people where, you know, we, we've been talking about this, how people's mindsets are shifting instead of like, oh, I'm just looking for a place to, to call my church home, to check the box. Right. If you've made it through this past two years, there's a sense of commitment and desire for longing for what God can do in your life. And we're starting to see that in the church. Uh, has, has that impacted, I mean, even ser- sermon planning and, and the way we, we do discipleship and all that? What, what are you thinking about on that? Yeah, it has completely. Cause it was like, check the box or what, what community do I want to look at maybe being a part of? And now it's like, what's the anchor for my life? I need an anchor in my life. Mm-hmm. I need something to hold on to. And so it's changed it. And I, I, to be honest with you, I'm just worried that people are going to be more serious than the church is. The church better make sure that they stay in that same mm-hmm. serious mode because the people that are with us now are serious. Yeah. They really believe it. You know, it's like the parable uh, that Jesus talked about, uh, the seed that fell on the different types of ground. And some of it fell on the path and was taken away right away. Others on the rocky and it grew up and then the the pressure killed it and others produced, hmm. you know. And I think like the people that are here are like, no, we're in, we're in. Like, do we really believe this? Let's go. What do you think pastors should be doing? I mean, the people listening are pastors, they're leaders, church leaders, That that's, you know, what this podcast is for. What do you think pastors should be doing to prepare for that? Because obviously there's a sense of getting in the word, getting new fresh revelation from what God's speaking to them. But is, I mean, I'm sure there are very few pastors in Bible school or seminary that are, hey, here's what you should do if your congregation wants things more than you do. You know, it's 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 not something that, you, it's usually how you have to drag people in and you're dragging their feet and you're trying to get them in. Obviously there's still gonna be people that are like that in our churches, but as you see this new desire from people, yeah. what what would you recommend, you know, our pastors, but any pastor listening, what they should do to prepare for that? I think you got to stay ahead of it. Like you've got to be there. Say, God, get me, give me more hunger. Get me more excited for what you want me to do. Um, let me not look at obstacles, but let me look at opportunities. I think you've got to uh, do like David did where the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord and he found his own strength to lead the group. Uh, and so I, I think that's the, the, the way it is. And I think about, um, 
I think it was Deborah and Barack uh, in the in the book of Judges that like she's like, let's go, let's do this, let's do this. He's like, oh, I'm afraid. And she's like, come on, let's do this. And he's like, okay. And she's like, okay, let it be said, like a woman led you and took the charge over you. You, we, I worked with you, but I had the passion. I had the hunger. I mean, I just think, what if your congregation's like, wow. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And you're like, oh, no, I, uh, we, we, we better wait until there's a little more clearance. And your church is like, seriously, we're ready to go. Hmm. God's called you to lead, but we have more passion than you. I don't want them to pass beyond the passion. So oh. I'm going to get charged up beforehand. I'm going to get ready to go beforehand. I'm going to I'm gonna be ready to go and push out there to the deep. And I'd rather have people saying like, are you sure it's safe? Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'd rather be there um, because it could, if they're with you now, they're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to church right now because it's just a social club. There's it online is too convenient to hold your membership. You know, it's like loved your sermon. I watched it from the beach. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're with you and on mission, they're on mission and you better realize they're ready to go. Yeah. It's been interesting to see even people that have, you know, attended our church and, you know, you have something that you tell our staff is we always speak well of other churches. So somebody comes comes to our church and they say, Hey, I was at this church yep. and you know, they're blah, blah, blah. They start talking negative. You say, even if it's that they have a good parking lot, say something positive, <laughs> yes. unless they're like speaking heresy and whatever. Right. But if they preach the name of Jesus, they're a church that they're, they're doing what God's called them to do. We're not going to tear them down. Nope. Even if somebody had a bad experience, it's Terrible hey, to do that. sorry that, that you had a bad experience there, but we, we love that they're a church in our community. And so but, but we're seeing people that come, hey, my church did this, my church did that. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that. Like when, when you're having these people that are coming for you for something, is there, are there things you need to be aware of? Like, do you, do you want to become more homogenous or is it, is there a, a you know, cause if somebody's talking bad about your, another church, it's like, well, if they leave our church, they're probably going to talk bad about us sure. too. But like, how have we, I feel like we've done a good job of that, but how do you feel like we can take people that are, you know, in the church world, transplant growth or whatever you want to call it and, and keep, keep them healthy rather than just passing them along and say, Oh, they'll be here for two years and then they'll leave and they'll trash us again. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question, but my biggest thing is when people are coming in, if they come in negative, they usually leave negative. But I also am trying to figure out if like, I agree with their assessment and I'm just not going to say it out loud because they might say like, oh, they have trouble with leadership over there. And I'm like, man, they have a great parking lot, you know. <laughs> um, but I do agree with their assessment. So that helps me think, think like they do understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, but the the idea is to get them involved and get them on mission with you. If they don't get on mission, they'll just criticize. Mm. And that's the biggest thing. Like when I had my heart attack, um, the day after my heart attack, they're like, get up. I'm like, I just had a heart attack. And they're like, nope, get up. We start walking. And I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, you got to get active. You got to get going. And I thought, I had a heart attack. Like, I need sympathy. (laughs) Like, don't even let my wife know this. Like, I got to be up and about. Like, I was going to milk this. You you did. (laughs) But not as much as I wanted to. But they're like, get up, get active. And so my thing is, if you come in from another church and you're wounded or whatever, I still need you to be engaged. Okay, you had a heart attack, you had whatever, but we still need you to be involved. And it's a bad sign to me if you don't want to be involved. And okay, maybe you taught a small group at your old church, but and we're not going to ask you to go to that level, but 
can you usher? Can you greet? Can you show up for the serve day? Can you, do you get the point? Like yeah. do something si simple, start slow. Do not sit around and atrophy spiritually. Do something to stay engaged. So that's our challenge people to get those people in your church engaged in something. If I could go back and do this over, anyone that came to us wounded, I would have said, oh man, this is a place to heal, but part of your healing is to be active in what we do. Oh, I'm too wounded. Nope, you're not too wounded. I wish I'd had my heart attack illustration because mm -hmm. I would have told them that. Like, nope, we we get them up and we get them walking. Yeah. You, you cannot sit around, you will atrophy. Blood clots are worse than whatever you're facing right now. We don't want blood clots to happen to yeah. you in your life. So get up and get to work. Mm, that's good. Yeah, and, and just because they're you know, if they're wounded, it doesn't mean they need to be in leadership or they need to lead in a higher level, but it's like it, when you're at a gap of leadership, atrophy is the only option. I mean, right. it's, you're, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. It's like staying stagnant in our faith. It's like being lukewarm. It's like, come on, you got to You got to move forward. And I right. think when you think about, I, I was, I was thinking about that parallel, like is there a parallel to like church staffs on that? I, f I just, I feel like, you know, when you, in this season of um, COVID and we were getting comfortable, we were getting, you know, it was easier, maybe online, maybe it just maybe it was easier um, to, to do church. It was like, oh, it's kind of nice not having to go to church every single weekend. It's right. kind of nice not having midweek services. And obviously for a lot of people, it was hard because that's their heart. That's what God's called them to do. But, you know, there's, there's an atrophy of, I don't know that we're going to all get back to that, you know, boost mode or launch mode. I don't know that we're going to get back to that. Like, do you think there's an atrophy that whether it's a lead pastor or someone leading their team, someone leading their volunteers, like they, they didn't necessarily leave churches, but they're still in the same church. Is, is it the same thing? Like, how, how do you feel like you reignite that for your team, for your deacons and leaders that didn't leave? They didn't come from, they're not hurt necessarily. They're just like, oh, well, I just kind of atrophied a little bit. Yeah, I, I, this is just a thought I have. I'm not saying for sure it's going to come to pass, but I think what you're going to have, we had the, everybody had to slow down together and then everybody's going to start speeding up and and people are going to start falling off the team, be asked to leave the team, be replaced on the team. Somebody else is going to get promoted over them if they don't stay up to speed. It reminds me, um, we had a meeting with Craig Rochelle. It was maybe about 100 pastors that were there. And he talked about like, we're committed on a scale one to 10, we're committed to 10 to getting this vision done. And they had a staff member that was probably around a seven or an eight. And so he called this person in, he was a leader. And he said, how committed do you think I am to this vision? And the guy said, on a scale one to 10, what do you think I am? And he goes, yo, you're a 10. And he goes, how about Bobby? Oh, he's a 10. And he goes, what about so-and-so? 10. And he goes, where do you think you are? And they go, eight. And he goes, how do you think tens feel working with an eight? And he goes, you got two months to get to 10 or find a new church. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a lot of that. Like you got, you got, you're going to have, there, there's going to be whatever the number is. We're all eights and you're a six. You got to get to eight. You, I think you have to get to the level of where the church is going. And then, so I would tell in a good way, I'd say, reassess like how much bandwidth do you have? Like, what do you have? What new gifts did you discover in the downtime that you could add value to the church? Um, do you want to move at a slower pace? There is slower pace. Like, I mean, Battle Lake where, you know, our, <laughs> my in-laws 
lived for years. Town of like 400. 400, like 410 people or something. You know, Granny's Pantry going in for the ice cream is the highlight of the night, you know, the weekend. And, And there's a slower pace there. Yeah. It's just slower. I mean... You know, he's like, all right, we're going to bring the garbage to the dump. There's the big trip of the day, you know? <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, and there's a slower pace there. Yeah. And and some people were made for that speed. Well, I, I and not to be condemning on it too, because I did this teaching once and I remember I talked about a tractor and a Ferrari both serve uh, their purpose. Yeah. One goes 10 miles an hour and one goes 200 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, so there's nothing wrong if your limits on your life are that speed. Run the speed you're created for, but... If you're if you were on a Ferrari team and you're really a tractor, make the move to the yeah. to the greener pastures. Yeah. Good good analogy, I think. I think I, I don't know. Of. I was trying to I was struggling if I was gonna say it or not. Yeah. yeah. You you you've talked about with our staff before, but family heavy and family light. Yep. I'm I know for a lot of people with I mean, it was family heavy with kids are, you know, online in school, you're at home, everyone's at home. Can't family. even imagine. Yeah. You, you didn't have kids. No, at lockdown home at was time. amazing for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. I mean, mom and I were home alone together. Yeah. You, I mean, how we, many trips do you have canceled? Like 50? Oh, like, we had, yeah. I was supposed to go to 14 countries. And, and you went to two? And I went to four. I okay. only made four. I was actually gone when America locked down. And so I only made it to four countries. Some people go to 14 countries in their lifetime. Yeah. And I have none. I haven't left America. I don't think I've left America since COVID. Yeah, I don't think so. I've been traveling a lot, but it's all domestic. Yeah. I have not left the United States of America. So I was like going to, so it wasn't family heavy for me with lockdown. Remember that video of that guy? They're like, you have two options. A, you can lock down with your family or B. He's like, B, B. (laughs) I'll take B, B. B." (laughs) Like some people was terrible then. Yeah pets and kids and this and school and job and you know and small house and i'm like okay we have a beautiful home we it's just the two of us it's it's lockdown was fun you know i was working out and you know we didn't I, we fell in love with our sweatpants you know and just like being casual and then you're like wait a minute i wasn't created for this speed hmm. i gotta get back to it so um for Family those that habit, still yeah. with the kids I can't imagine. And, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to go down this road, but I will because people are thinking it. They're like, what are we going to do about vaccinations for kids under 12 and this and that? And, and I mean, these are th- things I don't have to think about. I don't, we don't have any grandchildren right now yeah. and nobody's under 20. How old are you? <laughs> 25. 25. Nobody's under 25. Uh, well, you just had your birthday. Yeah. You know, so, but so months ago, but, but yeah. these are real decisions that are being faced. So there's family issues and things that are struggling. Yeah. On that too. I, I know we were talking about this in our, you know, directional leadership team, but like vaccine, uh, exemptions for people. I know you get asked all the time. We'd ask people say, Hey, could you make a religious exemption as the church sign off on this so that my employer who's mandating the vaccine they, that I can get we out of it. We haven't done that. We haven't done it. Um, and we haven't done it on advice of our legal counsel because we've never been anti-vaccine. And by the way, like I've had every vaccine I've needed in my life. I, so you can't say I'm anti-vaccine. I'm targeted vaccine. I came up with that. That's why I knew I'm targeted vaccine. Like if you're going to the place in Africa that you need to get yellow fever, yellow fever, get that vaccine because you're going there. You need mm-hmm. it. It's targeted, right? If you're never going there, you don't need yellow fever. Some people just turned off the Yeah, podcast. they might have, but I'm targeted. Vac- I'm not anti-vaccine. <laughs> I'm targeted. Yeah. Okay. And so, so when people say, can we get a vaccine exemption? I'm like, no, 
we're, we're, we're not anti-vaccine. We're, you know, we might be targeted vaccine and, and we get what we voted for. And uh, there's a different person in the White House right now or your state or your boss and you willfully work for that person. And I know it stinks, but like we've never been anti-vax, so we've promoted them in the you're, past. You're saying like, in order to be consistent, like like we want to be consistent. Yeah. And if it's if it's this one versus like, I've someone else they say, oh, I've gotten like you said, I've gotten vaccinated for everything, but this one I don't want to get, so then I'm going to get a religious exemption. It kind of puts ourselves in a sticky yeah, situation. Yeah, our faith doesn't tell us we can't get vaccines. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so we just haven't done it. Yeah. But we get asked every day. Yeah. And then we're getting asked by people like, uh, "What about my kids?" People are asking about a lot of things that, yeah. you know, weren't, nobody ever asked me. Do you know that nobody ever asked me about a vaccine? Although I will say this, when I even mentioned once in a sermon early on in COVID about like the vaccine for sin or something like that. And it was like, I mean, I didn't realize like there, there there's like a whole crew of like, there's people that are very opinionated on this. On both sides. And on both yeah. sides. And I just have like I never wanted to even bring up vaccines ever. Yeah. So. Well, we brought them up on the. Podcast. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's very real where pastors are living yeah. right now. Yeah. And we've not given it. And um, I told somebody the other day. They said, "What if I lose my job?" I said, "Well, maybe it's a great redirect by God right now. Maybe yeah. He wants you to be an entrepreneur. Maybe He wants you to start a new career. Maybe He wants you to be one of the 500 missionaries. I don't know." but I'm not gonna sign something that legally I can't do sure. so that you don't face this. And I'm super sorry, I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, I think that's good. It's good advice for pastors, but it's understanding what's your conviction, what's your church's conviction, what's your biblical position versus when you, especially when you have a church that's large, you have a wide range of opinions. You know, oh, yeah. within our staff, we have different opinions. Within yep. family, we have different opinions. It's a reality, and and I think in trying to not get as involved as you can be, especially on an issue that I think is so inconsistent in terms of Man. across the board. And so, I know that wasn't. I never thought churches would split over a vaccine. It's crazy. I know. I never thought churches would split over a mask. But don't, we were talking about this a few days ago, but don't you think that the, I mean, what we saw going on in the Middle East with all that happened in Afghanistan and then how that plays into church, like America for so long has been united. And I feel like the reason why the Middle East is not is because of the tribalism in mm -hmm. terms of, in, in, and it's not tribalism recently, it is like Forever, never, never. It goes all the way back to the Bible times. Yes. And now I feel like in America, we're starting to see that in churches and in communities where it's, there's a sense of tribalism that we're, we're kind of separating and, and entrenching ourselves into camps based upon issues. And does that, I mean, does that scare you a little bit? Oh, 100%. Because if you look at our history, we left tribes and countries to become a new nation. Mm -hmm. And now that we've become this great nation, it's like we want to become states and tribes and, you know, well, intersectionality, I mean, is driving me like it's you're the slice of the slice of the slice of the slice of the slice. And, and it, that's just so destructive, Yeah, you know? And so, no, it does concern me. Uh, we would have differing views now. People see each other as enemies, yeah. not just different. And that's scary because that, then that becomes us against everybody else. And that just leads to uh, fighting, strife, 
struggles, wars, destruction. It's terrible. And then also, I mean, I can't help but think, it makes me think about like what a what a perfect time for an antichrist to come along and unite you know what I mean when everybody's mm. so divided but yeah and it's it's I mean ultimately we're not built on America we're followers of Christ you know we're we're believe- which I have to remind people I travel when I do conferences they're like well that works for you in America and I'm like wait 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 I'm actually serving a a, a Jewish savior Okay, he was Jewish. It was Middle East. Like, it just got to America. And, you mm-hmm. know, because people in Europe would be like, well, we can't do that. You're America. I'm like, no, no, nope. This is he nothing. Closer to, to you than he was, he. Yeah, closer <laughs> to you than us. And, and by the way, nope, nope. That's not, that's a terrible excuse. So we love the country we live in and the freedoms that we have and the peace that it provides and the just the ability to thrive. But no, we're kingdom of God first. Yeah. And we want to take advantage of living in this country, but we're kingdom of God. We are not like, you know, I'm not preaching a sermon about red, white, and blue, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm preaching. It's Jesus, Jesus, yes. Jesus. Well, on, on the note of Jesus, 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 I think that's the way we should end this, uh, before we get too far down the road, like, like a family dinner. But, um, we're, we're, our, our hope with this podcast is that it would help churches process things that are yep. happening. And we, we want to have you on at least once a month, but consistency and, um, we want to provide an opportunity for people to ask questions. So if you have a question for next time, next time we record okay. this, okay. Uh, email network at rivervalley.org and just ask a question for you that we can have for you. If you have a question for Pastor Rob, um, if you're listening, you can send an email later, but reach out to us. We'd love to know so we can have questions. So it's not just me asking the questions because I get to talk to you a lot. Um, right. But we want to have you on. No, I, I so. look forward to the questions and and we won't shy away from them and and... The only thing I would just ask everybody is try to be unoffendable. Yeah. Okay. Um, if we're going to be this transparent and this honest, and even like vaccines, I I, I, I just want to be unoffendable. I, I just want, okay, you have a different view than me. Okay. Like I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to look for a reason not to like someone or yeah. not be around them or be offended. I, I want to grow and I want to listen to what they have to say and 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 if i disagree all right let's move forward on the next thing yeah. um we're not enemies we're not rivals remember i did that message we are yeah. not rivals yeah we're not rivals we're in this together and and don't get offended you know be challenged challenge back ask good questions but don't live in a world of offense good well that's a great way to end and uh We'll have you back soon. I know where to find you, but excited for this Talking Church podcast. We're getting started.